Hello and welcome to Formosa News. I'm Mike Lee. Well, get set for a spending spree. The cabinet has finalized the details of its quintuple stimulus vouchers. Registration for the vouchers will start in the second half of September. Collection and shopping will start early October. Officials confirmed that the vouchers valued at $5,000 NT will be provided without an upfront payment. More details have been announced for the quintuple stimulus vouchers. After convening Thursday morning, the cabinet announced that it would issue three 1,000 NT vouchers, two 500 NT vouchers, and five 200 NT vouchers. To provide an effective post-epidemic stimulus, we will launch the quintuple stimulus vouchers. The original upfront payment of 1,000 NT per person will be absorbed by the government. This is so everyone can enjoy the fruits of economic growth. Factoring in the impact of the epidemic, the cabinet will waive the 1,000 NT cost of the quintuple stimulus vouchers. The program will be fully paid for by state coffers. Given Taiwan's population of 23 million, this change entails an extra cost of 23 billion NT, plus an estimated 2 billion NT in printing fees. Altogether, the voucher program could cost up to 160 billion NT. To lower printing costs, the cabinet plans to promote virtual vouchers. It's developing infrastructure, including unique barcodes connected to spending accounts. To make the digital vouchers easier to use, they can be linked to more payment methods than before. They can be loaded onto credit cards for electronic payment, as well as electronic tickets such as EasyCard and iPass. We're also developing an identifier that will help businesses confirm that the consumer has virtual vouchers. That way, the consumer can access any promotions available for paper vouchers. Individual ministries will also offer a total of eight other vouchers. They'll be available on a single platform and distributed through a lottery. We've encouraged individual ministries to do that. Previously, they had launched promotions that were extremely successful. We've encouraged the ministries to get started early with planning and preparing. Registration for the quintuple stimulus voucher program is scheduled to open in late September, with launch expected for early October. The vouchers will be valid until the end of April 2022. Temples are open to the public once more, but many are feeling devastating effects from level 3 restrictions. At Danshui's Mazu Temple, which dates to the 18th century, lots of urgent repairs are needed. The temple is holding out hope that the government's upcoming stimulus vouchers could provide a big lift. A temple worker regularly sprays the whole place with alcohol, disinfecting every inch of the altar. For months, temples have managed to scrape by with almost no donations from regular visitors. Now, they're preparing to accept stimulus vouchers. Some people told us they'd be happy to donate their vouchers to temples. Others said they'd rather donate cash. Temples are preparing to accept them and to cash them in at banks in bulk. We will collect them and take them to the bank, say, every two weeks or every month. Of course, we'll have to fill in some forms and save them directly into the temple account. This 239-year-old temple needs lots of renovations. The restrictions of Level 3 were a real blow. Now that visitors are allowed back, temple guardians hope that stimulus vouchers will be a windfall.
Of course, the pandemic has affected us. I mean, if the temple isn't open, of course, the temple income relies on worshippers. You know, everyone pitching in. We've survived. Our rent isn't as high as normal businesses, so we don't have that rental pressure, as they say. The government is gearing up to issue stimulus vouchers worth 5,000 NT to each Taiwan national. The vouchers can be spent in all manner of ways. Whether you want to patronize a temple, a shop, or another type of charity, the choice is yours. Well, an, an inspection is underway to uncover imported pork products tainted with the African swine fever virus. The probe was launched after the virus was found in illegal imports from Vietnam. So far. Four pork samples confiscated in Zhanghua, Tainan, and Gaoshong have tested positive. The Council of Agriculture is also cracking down on feeding practices at hog farms to curb the spread of the virus. It's offering up to 1.2 million NT dollars for people who submit tips about illegal feeding practices. Pork is laid on the spring roll wrapper, then joined by fresh shrimp, lettuce, chives, and other toppings. It's all rolled up in a cylinder sealed by a dab of water, then served up with a dipping sauce. This spring roll is classic Vietnamese cuisine. The restaurant is proud of this mouth-watering dish, but under the cloud of a smuggling scandal involving virus-tainted pork from Vietnam, the restaurant is taking extra care to reassure customers. The pork is freshly slaughtered hog from the traditional market. The other ingredients are from Taiwanese vendors, major Taiwanese vendors. We're displaying the relevant documentation and certificates at the counter. The restaurant owner emphasized that her pork was from a local market and was not shipped from overseas. Although the proof of origin is available for all to see, customers still have their concerns, she said. Customers still ask. They ask whether or not we use imported pork, and they say, "I saw this or that on the news today." So we provide a detailed explanation. The COA launched an inspection to give consumers peace of mind and to prevent a surge of African swine fever. It plans to track down the smuggled pork products, tracing them to their source. From today to just before Mid-Autumn Festival, all aspects of African swine fever prevention will be strengthened comprehensively to prevent viral spread. We are at a crucial juncture in time. We must safeguard all 6,400 of our hog farms. The COA has mobilized local health bureaus for its pork probe. So far, officials have inspected 5,321 sites along the distribution chain. They've completed testing on 44 samples, and four samples from Zhanghua, Tainan, and Gaoxiong have come back positive for a rate of 9%. The agriculture chief warned that African swine fever had already reached Taiwan's doorstep. With Mid-Autumn Festival barbecues coming up, pork of unknown origin could easily slip into the market. Violators of the regulations on kitchen waste will be fined 30,000 to 3 million NT. We invite people to file complaints if they see violations. The COA said food waste was the last line of defense against African swine fever. Hog farms that fail to properly treat leftovers fed to livestock can be fined, it said. The COA is offering a cash reward of up to 1.2 million NT for tips on violators, as it races against time to contain the virus. Taiwan is set to receive its first shipment of the Pfizer vaccine one month earlier than expected. The CCC said Taiwan has secured a shipment of 1.95 million Pfizer vaccines that could arrive on September 1st. The vaccines were originally destined for China, but due to regulatory delay in Beijing, the vaccines went up for grabs, giving the CCC a chance to step in.
，也像人有讲，他本来就是有这个上海复兴他们所定的一个货。Originally, it was an order for Shanghai Fosun, but these vaccines are not yet authorized for use in China, so the shipment became available for everybody else through joint efforts from Honghai, TSMC, the Tsuji Foundation, and government agencies. The government and private companies have made efforts to secure doses for Taiwan. According to Chinese language news reports, the batch contained three million vaccines that were meant to be rerouted to Turkey, but Taiwan negotiators were able to secure nearly two million doses of the batch. The CCC says that minors at least 12 years old will be prioritized in Taiwan's Pfizer rollout. It's planning to administer their vaccines right on the school campus. Missing your free daily workout at the park? If you live in Greater Taipei, it's time to get back in shape. Taiwan,、uh, Taipei City opened all all of its parks' fitness equipment for adults on Thursday after taping them up when COVID struck. New Taipei did the same earlier this week. However, in both cities, playgrounds for children will stay closed until further notice. The tape is snipped off and the equipment is thoroughly disinfected. Taiwan reported zero new COVID cases on Wednesday. The following day, Taipei has reopened its exercise equipment at public parks so that locals can work out under the sun once again. If you don't go outside, you get fat. Being able to go outside is fantastic. More than one hour at a time in the morning and at night. Masks must stay on at all times, and at least one meter of social distance must be maintained. All exercise and sports equipment will be disinfected twice a day. If any user tests positive for COVID, the equipment will be closed off again for three days. Uh, the facilities that haven't reopened at our park yet are the basketball courts and the children's playground. The basketball courts are expected to reopen from September 1st. Prior to this, Taipei had already reopened 58 types of sports facilities. On September 1st, it will reopen courts for basketball, volleyball, and handball, allowing competitions to return. Over in New Taipei, some sports restrictions were eased earlier this week. Starting August 24th, we'll reopen basketball courts as well as park gazebos and exercise equipment. Water activities such as snorkeling can resume as well. New Taipei says basketball courts will be monitored closely to ensure COVID guidelines are followed. If patrols or locals report an infraction, the courts will be sealed off for half a month. Although park gazebos and exercise equipment are open once more, children's playgrounds will stay closed in Greater Taipei. The policy will be reviewed on a rolling basis, officials say. Taiwan held live-fire drills at the Jopong Air Force Base in Pingdong Thursday morning. While the exercises was unfolding,、uh, Chinese warplanes once again intruded into Taiwan's southwestern ADIZ. Analysts say China is using these routine incursions as a form of cognitive warfare. China often uses its routine exercises as a tool for international or domestic propaganda. It'll act as if the drills were targeting Taiwan, as if they were being held specifically to respond to shifts in the political or military situation. But in reality, that's not the case. This is a component of China's new approach against Taiwan, another attempt to sway opinion and apply pressure. In related news, Japan says that three Chinese planes, including a surveillance drone, flew over the Miyako Strait Tuesday and Wednesday. 
This is the first time an unmanned PLA plane of that size appeared near Japan's airspace. The flight came at a sensitive time when Japan, the UK, the Netherlands, and the US were carrying out joint naval and air drills in the sea near the Okinawa Islands. Taiwan and Japan's ruling parties will convene their first ever security dialogue virtually on Friday. Uh, each party will send two representatives specializing in defense and foreign affairs. From the DPP side, lawmakers Luo Zizhen and Tsai Shiying are set to attend the talks. According to the Financial Times, Taiwan and Japan will convene virtually on Friday to discuss strategies for countering China. The two sides' ruling parties will each send two parliamentarians specializing in defense and foreign affairs. The DPP will send lawmakers Luo Zhizhen and Tsai Shiying. The Liberal Democratic Party will be represented by Sato Masahisa and Otsuka Taku. They're expected to have in-depth dialogue on defense policy and regional security issues. This is indeed a new model for engagement and a new development in Taiwan-Japan relations. I look forward to seeing this continue in the future. Taiwan and Japan have a deep and abiding friendship. It looks like that relationship still has lots of potential and room to grow. In the absence of diplomatic ties, talks between ruling party officials can be seen as proxy for government-to-government dialogue. Because of this, Friday's security dialogue has been viewed as a historical breakthrough. It's touched a sensitive nerve in Beijing. China firmly opposes all forms of official interactions between Taiwan and countries that have diplomatic ties with China. On the Taiwan question, Japan bears historical responsibilities to the Chinese people for its past crimes and should especially be prudent with its words and actions. This format of this dialogue is similar to the dialogue between Taiwan, Japan and U.S. lawmakers in May. China doesn't really need to take this approach. China does not really need to be so anxious. The ruling party lawmaker pushed back at Beijing. As for Japan, it appears set to press on with the dialogue despite the Chinese outcry. With Taiwan and Japan drawing closer, China is set to become increasingly uneasy. A German resident of Fanchao District in New Taipei found media fame for opening a red bean cake stall. Michelle Kasala first came to Taiwan for a visit as a high schooler. She fell in love with the country and settled here after graduation. Her red bean cake stall was a big hit before the pandemic, but she was forced to spend months out of the country earlier this year. Now, at last, she's back in business. Let's take a look. Kasala pours batter deftly into the mold, then tops it with a sweet filling before adding the lid. Another hot red bean cake for a happy customer. With a friendly nod, she chats to customers in Taiwanese. And just to complete the local vibe, she rides a classic Wolf motorbike. German national Kasale jumped to get her stall going again as soon as the latest wave of COVID began to recede. I've seen her before. Someone introduced me to her. I bought them before and thought they were great. So I came to get one when I saw her today. Kasale has been parted from Taiwan a long time. She went back to Germany in late 2020, only to experience a harsh wave of COVID there. She was forced to spend months in Europe. In March, she managed to get back to Taiwan, planning to reopen her stall. But then the pandemic took off here. After months waiting patiently, finally the stall can reopen. She completed
compared her experience of the pandemic in both Germany and Taiwan. Taiwanese people really care about each other. We wear our masks properly and we stay at home like good girls and boys. We don't go out. Taiwanese people do disease prevention really, really well. German people are slightly more selfish. We think, why do I have to wear a mask? Kasale was full of praise for the level of self-discipline in Taiwan, which she credits as bringing the latest COVID wave under control fast. For her customers, it's a delight to see her back to work and enjoy her desserts on a long summer day. Sales of kitchen appliances are booming as COVID spurs on a trend for home cooking. A survey recently found that home cooking has jumped from just 37% of meals to more than half. And lots of us are restocking our kitchens with new equipment. But which appliances are the most sought after? Let's take a look. Inside this rice cooker, a freshly steamed fish wrapped in paper. Next to it, a delectable cut of pork jiao cooked with normal home kitchen appliances. During the pandemic, we've gotten used to working from home and sometimes staying home all day long. More and more, we eat at home too. An online survey found that since the Level 3 alert, the proportion of meals cooked at home has risen from 37 to 54 percent, and that's pushed up demand for kitchen appliances. I think it was because of the pandemic. Maybe you can't go to gyms. My family was more concerned about eating healthy, and we did happen to get that air fryer to cook things more healthily. We did acquire an all-purpose electric cooker. It can cook all kinds of things. Recently, I've been wanting to buy something like an oven. Sales of kitchen appliances grew 30 percent from May to July, reports the Taiwan Electrical Appliances Association. The most popular product was the rice cooker, followed by the oven, and thirdly, the air fryer, the subject of much recent debate. Air fryers are a relatively new product. Many are being sold now, at least twice as many as the equivalent period last year. The air fryer can do a wide range of dishes. It can roast, bake, steam, and saute, and of course air fry, which most people are familiar with. For both air fryers and rice cookers, sales are highest for large appliances with multiple functions. Most are priced between 3 and 10,000 NT, making the market a lucrative one for brands that can compete. A green sea turtle was released in the ocean on Thursday after being treated for tumors. The turtle was found tangled in a drift net three years ago. It had multiple tumors, which are common in turtles that live in polluted water. The National Museum of Marine Biology and Aquarium treated the tumors and nursed the turtle back to full health. It was released at Taidong's Fusan Fish Reserve on Thursday. In recent years, conservationists have found more and more turtles with tumors off Taiwan's east coast. The tumors have been linked to sewage and farm runoff. The National Marine Museum still has several sick turtles in its care, and they will be released back into the sea after recovery. Well, every year from July to September is a season for orange daylilies in Taidong and Hualien. But those living in Taipei can also enjoy the, the sight of the beautiful blooms, which are called Jinzenhua or golden needle flowers. Uh, there's a field of daylilies right at Yangmingshan's Zhuzihu, and it's now in full bloom. Let's take a look. It's currently golden needle flower season. Many people visit Taidong or Hualien to view golden needle flowers. But if you're in Taipei, you can also visit Yamingsan Suzuhu. There are two flower fields here. 
Every July, daylilies begin to bloom at Yamingsan Suzhu. They are scattered along the park, replacing the hydrangea flowers. The attraction draws day trippers and locals just going for a walk. I live in Taipei. I want to go to Taidong, but it's too far away. It's very convenient to come here for a day trip. Here, you can see the orange daylilies that Taidong has. The air is very good here up in the mountains. With the cool breeze, it's very comfortable. It's very relaxing here. When you come here, you can adjust your mind and spirit. You can look at the flowers slowly, walk slowly, drink coffee, take pictures, and look at the flowers. This flower field in Yamingshan, Zhuzihu, is owned by a former florist. She grew up in Zhuzihu on this 180-year-old field, helping her parents farm. Three years ago, she decided to take over the field. She's used her expertise as a florist to decorate the store and the field with installation art. Our park has a nostalgic theme. I grew up here. So you can see that our house, the whole inside and outside, I built all of it. It's very nostalgic. Coming back here is my dream because I cherish my land. I cherish the land I grew up on. But when I came back here to work, it was very hard and I spent a lot of money. This year, the epidemic has also greatly impacted us. Aside from the flower field, the park also has food, beverages and workshops where visitors can make their own dried flower arrangements. Visitors can also make reservations to come pick the flowers and cook daily soup and other dishes. We offer a variety of tours and DIY courses. We have a local guided tour that supports our farmhouse restaurant. And then there are DIY courses in the park. If there are any disadvantaged groups who want to visit and take a class here, we invite them here for free. The owner of Tao Ruiyun said that daylily season started later this year compared to 2020. It will be in full bloom throughout August. The flowering period is expected to last until mid-September. In line with government protocols, patrons have to get their temperatures checked and scan a QR code to complete real name registration. The park has also established partitions and social distancing protocols to keep everyone safe. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Lu Bo Tong in Taipei.